Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. This is the second part of a two-part interview with my good friend Peter Diamandis, author of the books Bold and Abundance, the creator of the X Prize, the guy who basically, I'll say, almost single-handedly returned private investors to space a Harvard-trained physician and a molecular geneticist and an aerospace engineer from MIT, a very, very intelligent, smart guy. And what we're going to talk about in this episode, and by the way, you should listen to the first one if you haven't already gotten it, download that as well. Uh, But we're going to talk about Peter's massive transformational purposes. We touched on them a little bit more. We're going to talk about extending human lifespan and a little bit more about mining asteroids, although we got into that in pretty good detail in the last episode. And I'm going to share my own massive transformational purposes, my own moonshots that came about because of my membership in Peter's group called Abundance 360. And if you missed the announcement in the last episode, the Abundance Digital Program is something that I'm offering a a scholarship for, for listeners of the show. You can go to bulletproofabundance.com and it's just straight up, there's no dots there, just bulletproofabundance.com. And you get a massive scholarship that lets you get access to the same stuff that's been expiring, that's been <laughs> inspiring me uh, for a very large period of time. Uh, Peter, thanks for not expiring me and inspiring me instead. <laughs> uh, welcome to episode two. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Uh, always fun spending time with you, buddy. All right, let's talk moonshots. You are yeah. you are doing planetary resources where you're mining asteroids and you're in the process of doing that and because of you i actually have held the type of equipment that will be mining asteroids like literally in my own hands i've remote controlled lunar rovers i've run them over my stupid looking (laughs) toe shoes uh, while wearing vr goggles the actual things that are going to space and it's i've never been so inspired in in my life than hanging out with with a crowd like that where everyone in the room's like sure we can change the world we're already doing it we're going to do it even more um, but let's talk about longevity. You mentioned that your number is 700 years because that's what the longest lived sea creatures are. I'm kind of feeling inadequate with my little 180 years or more uh, in terms of lifespan. But let's talk about what you're doing uh, from, from stem cells, from longevity. W- what's up, Peter? <laughs> let's jump in. Let's jump in there because it's interesting. You know, you, um, Dan Sullivan, uh, the head of strategic coach, uh, fellow dear friend. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, a number of people have started talking about openly, uh, we've started talking openly about our desires for extreme, achieving an extreme age. And so, uh, my own background, I was at, I was doing a joint, uh, medical and engineering degree. Uh, and I remember I was watching a, a TV show during the few moments I would be watching TV. Uh, and it was on extreme, uh, extreme aged sea creatures. So I had no idea that turtles, whales, sharks could live hundreds of years. And it was theorized on that show that some creature could live for 700 years. And I, and I, I hit me, I said, if they can, why can't we? Yeah. And it was, it, was a, it was an interesting aha moment. And I said, clearly it's a hardware or a software problem that should be fixable. And so I made a commitment at that point to focus on that. And so a couple of thoughts to sort of share context, and I'll go into sort of the the companies I've been building, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. 
Um, uh, the first is, it turns out there's some interesting reasons why we don't live too old. Um, and uh, the two are, you know, if you look back at, at human age uh, over, the, over the hundreds of thousands and millions of years, back when food was scarce, before there was McDonald's and Whole Foods, uh, you would typically have an, a baby at age 13 when you went into puberty. And then you would grow to age 26, at which point your kid would have a baby. And then at that time, when food was scarce, the worst thing you could do for continuing your species was take the food out of your grandchildren's mouth uh, as, the, as the more powerful adult. And the best thing you could do is give your bits back to the environment. And so the average human age for most of all human histories was in your you know, mid-20s. Uh, then we discovered, uh, you know, better sanitation and antibiotics and, uh, and germ theory and so forth. And we extended life. We're about to extend it, double it again. The other thing is that most people, you know, most women will be fertile till their uh, mid-30s, call it. And if you've got a genetic disease that um, hits you in your 40s, 50s, and 60s, it's never selected against. So we have cardiac in your 50s and 60s. Um, cancer in your 60s and 70s, neurodegenerative disease in your 70s, 80s, and 90s, which wipes us out. But with the massive reduction in cost of genome sequencing, right? My business partner, Craig Venter, sequenced the first human genome in 2001, cost $100 million, nine months of time. Today, the price has gotten down to a thousand bucks and a day, less than a day. And uh, Illumina, uh, the leading manufacturer of gene sequencing equipment, announced a hundred bucks and one hour. So a million fold price performance increase, yeah. incredible, right? And so uh, we're starting to understand what is the software code we're running and why some of us are, are living longer than others. And then we've just got CRISPR-Cas9 technology, which is exploding in terms of capital startups. We just started curing the first genetic diseases like beta thalassemia by you know, cut and paste. Um, and just for people listening who don't know that, this is the technology that allows us to very cheaply go in and edit our own genes or the genes of other things without having to basically interbreed the way we used to do yeah, it. So we're going from evolution by natural selection, which is Darwinism, to evolution by human direction. And it's an interesting, you know, reimagining of what is possible. So uh, you know, at Abundance 360 this year, I'm bringing uh, three companies to the stage, um, which are, it's a new startup out of Harvard that's commercializing the Youngblood experiments, uh, a company that I'm a co-founder called Cellularity that's in the stem cell business, uh, a company that is a $12 billion private company that we'll, I'll re unveil at the event, um, uh, and then also, again, human longevity, but it's a lot of conversations are going on right now that aging is a disease, not an inevitability. And that's an interesting sort of conversational twist that occurs. So um, I'm passionate. I think we can add in, the, I think this decade, we could start to add 30 to 40 healthy years in a person's life. Uh, my goal is how do you make a hundred years old than you 60? So you've got the aesthetics, the mobility, the cognition at a hundred that you had at 60. And I'll add one other phrase and then, and then take a breath here. But um, uh, Ray Kurzweil, who you know, uh, who will be with us at Abundance 360 as well, considered one of the most brilliant thinkers in the world in AI, a huge proponent, author, researcher in longevity. 
has coined a term called a longevity escape velocity, um, uh-huh. which is the notion that there's a point at which science adds a more than a year life onto your life expectancy for every year that you're alive. And I was just with Ray um, doing a, a couple hour webinar with him. And I asked him, so Ray, when do you think we're going to reach longevity escape velocity? And his answer uh, is in the next uh, 10 to 12 years, which is pretty pretty cool. So don't screw it up between now and then. <laughs> uh, one of my most potent anti-aging strategies is going to piss off a lot of people listening, but it's drive a heavy car. <laughs> <laughs> physics is your friend and if a piano falls on your head or you die in a car accident you're not going to get to take advantage yes. of all this don't don't uh, die. i mean i'm serious <laughs> it's like i i talk about don't die from something stupid yeah yeah exactly yeah. all right so, so you're really really focused on this and your two big plays there one is in stem cells and we had a bunch of speakers at the bulletproof conference i've I've had about $100,000 worth of stem cell treatments. I'm the second person ever to inject my own stem cells into my, uh, into my cerebral spinal fluid so they go directly to the brain and just do that prophylactically. Everyone else has advanced Alzheimer's or something if they do it. Um, and I'm, I'm in the middle of culturing my natural killer cells and, and just doing stuff that's not even on the menu. Uh, I'll be the second person ever to inject another anti-aging protein that hasn't even been announced yet. And, and like I'm absolutely going to do everything humanly possible. But a lot of the critics, I think of both of us, are going to say, Peter, look, this is a rich person's game. It's not fair. What do you say to that? I say everything Everything <clears throat> uh, starts as a rich person's game when it doesn't work very well. And then eventually when it works yeah. really well, it's cheap and available to everybody. I mean, it's the cell phone, right? It's like, you know, when they were a million dollars each <laughs> and their size of a briefcase, all the Wall Street bankers use them and drop their calls every two blocks. Now, when they're 40 bucks and they're smart and they're doing gigabit connection speeds, you've got them for poor kids in Africa. So that's, the, that's, the, that's what happens. Yeah. If, if no one does this, it'll never be widely yeah. available. And one of the things that I, I pay attention to is, is with food quality as well. Like, like You've got to make it so that there's enough demand for us to create a cost-effective supply. And if no one ever says, I want to live past 100 and feel good, there will never be demand for doing it. And then we won't build the technologies. And then we won't make them cheap and affordable and widely available. So, so, so I, I love that answer. That's the same answer I give. Like all the good stuff used to be expensive and now it's almost free. Now, the other one is, how are we going to fit all those people on the planet if people stop yeah, dying? Yeah, so I love that question. So here's <laughs> reality. The majority of people that I know in Silicon Valley have had this conversation with Elon Musk and Larry Page are worried yeah. about underpopulation of planet Earth, not overpopulation of planet <laughs> Earth. It's like, what? Huh? Yes. Well, so here's the stats. And, and Bill Gates gives a great TED Talk on this. Two things reduce population growth rate pressures. You make a, a, a community healthier and better educated, and the number of children per family plummets. I was in Morocco years back. I was looking at the stats, and I was like blown away. It was like uh, 30 years ago, 7.8 children per family in Morocco. Today, it's down to 2.8. Why? Because a new king and queen came in and put in better healthcare systems, better educational systems. And it it doesn't make intuitive sense to me, but when when you're not sure which of your kids are going to survive... And you're not sure if any of your kids are going to be able to uplift their their quality of life and their income. You have extra kids. You have an insurance kid. You have a kid who can go get an education. There's there's actually a name for that, Peter. It's called Rake, Redundant Array of Inexpensive Kids. 
<laughs> Sorry, that <laughs> for a computer geek, I guess that's. <laughs> Sorry, had to say right. it. But it's 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 true and it's sad. But you look at the healthiest and best educated countries in the world; they're in negative growth rates. And so this is something which, um, you know, uh, it just is. It it is, and I also, I mean, my first book was about human fertility, and if you look at the decline in just fertility rates, uh, like like there's some stuff going on, or even if people want to have kids, it's getting harder and harder to do it. So I'm less concerned over the next hundred years, and also I just fundamentally believe that if people realize. I'm going to be around for 200 years. I better not screw this place up because I'm still going to have to, I'm going to have to like sleep in my own mess. <laughs> and, and, so we, we might take better care of the world if we realize that we're going to be around for a while. Yeah, and, and our ability to take better care of the world is increasing at an, an enormous, enormous yes. rate. You know, <laughs> the, the majority of people live in these hive-like downtown cities because that's where the work is. That's where the entertainment is. Um, you, what we're going to start to see is and I hate commuting, right? I just I just cannot stand commuting. Oh, yeah. I live 12 minutes away. Most of that drive for me is in autonomous mode on my Tesla. But guess what? Uh, we're going to start to see fully autonomous electric vehicles that uh, you could make your hour commute into work peaceful. You can meditate. You can sleep. You can, you know, go listen to Bulletproof Radio, whatever the case you want to do. Um, <laughs> we're also going to see these uh, electric autonomous uh, aerial taxis. Uh, Airbus, uh, Larry Page, uh, Uber, all these companies are working on vertical takeoff, vertical landing capabilities that you could live 200 miles from work and still make it there in a reasonable amount of time. And then I'm a founding board member of Hyperloop One, which you could live 400 miles away from work and still commute there. And you know, So we're going to have cities start to spread out and you can have a beautiful living in the countryside and still work in downtown LA or San Francisco because your commute time is 15 minutes. I basically do that you now. Do. I live on a 32-acre organic farm. And where I live on Vancouver Island, there's been a huge influx of uh, very wealthy people from around the planet. A lot of, of uh, multimillionaires from China have realized, what well, I can get clean air and clean food, and I can live there. Okay. And then they're they're moving out. And you know, my kids are going to school with them now. It was 10 years ago. It wasn't like that. And it's it's happening already. But I think a lot of us just don't see it. And yeah, there's telecommuting and, and there's small planes and there, there's all sorts of, of stuff you can do. But bottom line is if, you're, if you don't have to physically be present somewhere every day, your ability to live in a different environment goes up a lot. So we'll spread out. We won't all be packed into these big cities, uh, which is kind of, a, kind of a big thing. And that'll probably also extend lifespan. And if people are having less kids but living longer and living better, I, I kind of want to be around Yeah, that. me too. I'm excited to see, uh, I mean, I have a hard time imagining, and I have a great imagination, and this is a whole concept around the singularity. I'm a co-founder and, and executive chairman of Singularity University, and it's uh, we're alive during the most extraordinary time ever in human history, right? We're in the, the final game play of this video game called life, and we're becoming a multiplanetary species. We are digitizing ourselves. Uh, we are reinventing everything, every aspect of our world, of our lives, how we raise our kids, how we govern everything over the next 30 years. It's extraordinary. It, it is. And, and if, if people listening are not inspired by that, it's like, go have more coffee or something. <laughs> like, like, come on. Th things are good. Now, 
All right, so, and then let's talk about what you're doing with stem cells. Sure, so I, w- I want to talk about HLI first, if it could, for, for context. Is yeah, that sure. Just, can I, so, sure. uh, Absolutely. Uh, back about three years ago, I co-founded a company with Craig Venter, who sequenced the first human genome, and Bob Hariri, one of the top stem cell scientists. The three of us got together. He's, he's a great yeah, guy. Uh, the three of us got together and said, you know, uh, we can make an actual dent this is probably almost four years ago now. We announced it three years ago. Make a dent in, in longevity. And, and so the concept of Human Longevity Inc., HLI, is we've started these things called the health nucleus. And the health nucleus is a place that you go, uh, and we've reduced the time down to around six hours. Maybe we'll get down to four hours. And when the price was initially 25000 bucks, now it's on 7500 bucks. I'm working hard to demonetize and dematerialize the health nucleus. But today it's about 7500 bucks for this that you go once a year. And what you do is we sequence your full genome, all 3.2 billion letters of your of your life. We sequence you 30X, means we sequence you over and over and over 30 times to get rid of any aberration in the sequencing process. We sequence your microbiome, your gut. We uh, look at the 2000 rough uh, chemicals in your bloodstream, your metabolome. We do a coronary CT if you're above a certain age looking for calcium and cardiac dynamics. We, we do a full body MRI, you know, head to stern, uh, can detect uh, cancer at a, you know, a few millimeter in size. Uh, we look at the, we image the vasculature of your brain. We look at your quantitative brain scan. Um, and we basically create about 150 gigabytes of data about you. And then we can map that against the top 20 causes, leading uh, causes, leading causes of death. And determine every year, do you have anything to worry about? We do a health check and we can say, listen, there's, you are great shape. There's nothing going on in your body at a level of depth. We're finding um, in 4% of our clients cancer they didn't know about, which is, and in 30%, we're finding things like atrial fibrillation, fatty liver, metabol, all kinds of different things that um, are 99% actionable and the goal is this falls into the don't die from something stupid category, right? Peter, I, I, was, I was actually pissed off when I got my results from HLI uh, because what they said was you have nothing to work on. I'm like, damn it. I, I, I thought I was going to get something here. But, but uh, I did find my liver fat was under 3%. My hippocampal volume was uh, 80, 86 or 88th percentile. So my brain isn't shrinking like an old person. Even though I, I'm formerly a 300-pound obese person with prediabetes, I don't have fatty liver. Uh, and, and basically like, wow, things are kind of cruising. I, I found some interesting genetic stuff. Uh, but overall, it, it was it was awesome to just know because it removes a lot of the the energy that you spend on, the, on FUD, you know, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And, and that leads you right back to, okay, either now I have data, so I have actionable items and I have control. Uh, or I have free energy because I would have been worrying about stuff and I can take that for energy and use it for abundance or, or you know, think, creating things that matter, even if it's, you know, quality time taking care of yourself or your family or whatever. It's just like the energy you've, you waste on that, am I going to die of something I don't know about, is a meaningful amount of energy. It's just energy that you don't necessarily know you're wasting. And, and so this is the vision for HLI. Uh, we have one facility in San Diego today, and I'm not making this a, a pitch. I'm just, this is the kind of opportunity that people should see. One facility in San Diego today, we're going to be opening up facilities uh, 
uh, in cities around the country. We're in the middle of licensing discussions and so forth. But the notion is, this is something I have done now for three years in a row. And uh, I remember in the first time I found I had a slightly enlarged aorta. And it was a congenital or was it something to worry about? And so as I image my body stem to stern, I realize it isn't changing in size at all. So it's pretty much what I was probably born with and I have nothing to worry about there. But when you find anything at stage zero or stage one, that's the time to kill it. That's the time to solve it, right? I, I drive a, a Model S. I've got two airplanes I fly. Those vehicles are all, um, uh, those vehicles are all uh, filled with microprocessors and sensors that can uh, basically uh, find anything wrong at the moment it begins so you can fix it. But for most of us, we don't have any of that data, right? Our refrigerators are better wired than we are. So the idea from HLI's program is you should be doing this, what I call this health check every year on the year to determine anything going on. And if there is, find it, fix it. The second part of what we do at the Health Nucleus is we create a, uh, a longevity plan, which is based on your genomics. This is what's likely to get you. So you have a higher probability of this cancer or this cardiovascular disease or this neurodegenerative disease. So these are the checks you should do more frequently. Right. So that's what HLIs, that's that's my part of the business. Again, the don't die from something stupid side of the company. And also we're making massive discoveries um, as we start to sequence those people who have lived to over 100 and are in great longevity. What's going on there? Why do they have it? Why can they be smoking at age 100 when everyone else is dying at 60? And so this is where we combine massive genetic, phenotypic and machine learning data to create discoveries. So that's that's HLI. Very proud of where it's going and having fun with that. All right. And then cellularity is another one of the things we're yes. working on. And for, yeah. for, just for people listening, um, Peter is truly like not pitching these things at all. Just these are things going on in the field of biohacking that are the most fascinating things I know about. That's why we're talking about these. Uh, and I, I just, I think it's cool. And I hope you do yeah. too. So, keep yeah, going, so, so it's interesting. Um, Bob Hariri is a, uh, a superstar, right? Uh, Craig, people know Craig Venter's name because of his work with sequencing the first human genome. Bob is going to be, is right there in my mind and will be known a lot more. So Bob was an MD, PhD, fighter pilot neurosurgeon. If anybody ever saw the old film called Buckaroo Banzai, that's Bob. He just, he just can't, he just can't. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he just can't sing. Uh, so he's not a rock star, but, uh, but he, it was interesting. He had this moment where he's in the ER, uh, he's doing brain surgery on someone um, who had this massive accident. And, you know, as a neurosurgeon, it's pretty rough going. You're trying to, you know, sort of glue things back, you know, sew things back together again. It's at the same time, uh, he's having his first baby and he's, he's recounting the story that if, you know, back 30 years ago, you're doing the very first fetal surgery, where if you have a, a baby that's got some kind of a cardiac anomaly, you can open the mother's belly, go into the uterus and do heart surgery on the fetus and fix it. And then when the baby is born, there's no scars. The baby is perfect. It's the the mistake is fixed and, and there's nothing. And so what's going on there? And the realization is that the baby is give, being given birth to inside the placenta, which is this massively rich 
3D printer of stem cells, placental stem cells, which can create every tissue the baby has. And so he had the insight that the placenta is this massively rich organ of, uh, of stem cells and started a business um, which has since become LifeBank, which goes to pregnant uh, families and says, listen, instead of just uh, saving the cord blood, which is done now, things like cord blood registry, is you should save your child's placentas. And so I have two six-year-old boys. Both of their placentas are stored with LifeBank. And in that placenta is millions of dosages worth of stem cells. And so my, I believe my children will have an indefinite lifespan, right? Uh, in the stem cells is their original genetic boot disk, meaning their genetics at birth. And so we would, God forbid, knock on wood, whatever you want to say, can regrow that child, the children's organs from that uh, original boot disk, um, and will be able to, uh, re, you know, repopulate the kid's stem cell population. So one of the things that Bob did the work and realized is two important things. As we grow older, uh, two things occur. One is our population of stem cells in our body rapidly declines by orders of magnitude, 100-fold, 1,000-fold, in some cases 10,000-fold, less stem cells per per body uh, cavity or organ. Another thing that occurs is that your stem cells undergo epigenetic changes. They age. They become more senile. And we know this from sequencing them. Right? It's your exposure to oxygen, free radicals, the environment we live in, and so forth. And so what Bob has done, and uh, I helped him co-found Cellularity, uh, we merged uh, three divisions of three pharma companies and created this company, is that we're using placental-derived stem cells uh, to help uh, cure different diseases and eventually uh, rejuvenate a person's uh, regenerative engine of their body. So you can take your own stem cells, which you've done, uh, in the future, you're going to be able to take placental stem cells, which are sort of the stem cells of the most at their most vital stage at, at state zero, if you would, and give yourself um, in you know a hundred million stem cell injection. Uh, and those stem cells are like little computers that measure what's going on, the inflammation markers in your body, and go and generate the right growth factors in different areas. So this is what cellularity is doing. It's a, on a platform of of stem cells it's using it's also natural killer cells are in great supply in placentas we're isolating those so that's a whole slew of research and some amazing results so far beautiful and and this is the stuff that that it will rapidly decline in price where i think this will be well why would you have a hip replacement or a knee replacement when you can put this stuff in those joints as they're starting to degrade and just not go down that path anymore yep. Uh, so I would say it's time to short the companies making uh, mechanical joint replacements, uh, unless they have like some sort of superpowers, like you know you can detach your arm and shoot like a rocket. That, that, that might be cool too, but you know. So love that idea. <laughs> uh, and and we we've talked about your your other uh, your your mining the moon, and we've talked about cellularity and HLI in the aging field. And your other big moonshot was around creating community and incentivizing people, which is what you're doing with, I guess, in, in part, Singularity uh, University, where I'm an adjunct faculty member, actually, uh, even though I haven't taught a class there yet. And, uh, yeah, and it's, also it's ex, it's what ex you're doing with Abundance. Yeah, it's XPRIZE, yeah. it's Singularity University, and uh, the Abundance Digital Community. And I, you know, yeah. I just believe entrepreneurs are the means by which we make the world a better and better place. 
that an entrepreneur by definition is someone who finds a problem and fixes it, right? And so wouldn't you love yep. more and more people in the world finding and fixing problems, right? Other than photo right. sharing apps. <laughs> There's nothing more fun than doing that anyway. And and I, I'm really hopeful that more more people in the Bulletproof community uh, decide that they want to do something really big and, and take all that energy and go do it. So, pal, let me interview you. What? Tell me about your moonshots. And I'm, I'm oh. proud to have had a small piece in inspiring you. But I want to learn. I think I know them, but I'd love to learn more and, and have the community hear about your moonshots. Sure. So, so Bulletproof is a big one where I, I wanted people to have more energy. And this comes about from my own experience. When I weighed 300 pounds when I was 26 uh, at, at the company that launched the first pay-as-you-go computing. We talked about AWS earlier. Um, it was called managed web hosting, but it was something that, that I got 10 million from our board to, to fund. And we built just slightly, this was before Amazon Web Services existed, but we built a you know, pay-as-you-go, we'll provision it for you when you want it, and you only pay for it when you use it kind of service. Uh, and and I, I look back at the time, I was having massive brain fog, my joints hurt all the time, I was pre-diabetic, I was overweight, and, and like I was old when I was really young. And I did the low-fat, low-calorie diet, exercise six days a week thing, and I, it just didn't work after just putting all this energy in. So I started Bulletproof because I, I realized disrupting big food was a really important thing to do. The, the entire history of food has been uh, how cheap is it and how good does it taste? And, and that's pretty much how you make money in, in food. And it's how you feed militaries too, right? Hmm. And what, what it comes down to is we're building a world now where what does the food do for you is the most important thing. Right? And what's the impact on the system of food, which starts at the soil and ends <coughs> as you exhale carbon dioxide, <laughs> like this whole chain. And so that's Bulletproof is about awareness and about just showing people, here's how you're supposed to feel. And yeah, Bulletproof coffee is kind of the, the gateway drug for that stuff. Uh, but it, it's, <clears throat> it's now reaching 10 million plus people a month. And you really, uh, with Abundance 360, you really just helped me think, all right, how can I expand the content you know how, how do i reach out you know how do we become uh how do we reach the most i don't want to say eyeballs although that's part of it but the most mouths yeah. like, like every time someone tries one of these things that actually works and realizes that there's more energy than they're used to that's what the win is and our cost of goods is higher than a normal food company because our stuff has made us in specific ways but that isn't the big deal. It, it's that that now we're national at Whole Foods, whereas before I was a member of this, I would have said, you know, an e-commerce company is actually more profitable. You make more money if you sell something directly to someone because you don't have to pay a distributor, you don't have to pay a grocery store and all that stuff. But now we're in all of these locations. Uh, we've opened several more coffee shops. And the idea here is I, I want to, it's reach, it's changing so, so lives. So give, give, that, give me that number, pal. Where, uh, where are you now and, and what's your moonshot, you know, five or 10 years from now? Well, well last year, uh, we had 100 million cups of Bulletproof coffee um, that, were, that were consumed. And, and this is a hundred pretty 100 darn amazing. million cups of coffee. Cups. That's extraordinary. Yeah. It is. It, it is. is. I mean, just it just the the million parts hitting me now. So that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, holy crap, right? Like, like, and like I, who I, who I'm in the who away. in the right mind would go up against Starbucks? I mean, honestly, seriously, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like like it's yeah. insane. But by the way, just for people, listen, a moonshot is in many ways something that's a crazy idea. I like to say that the day before yeah. something is truly a breakthrough, it's a crazy idea, and most people do not 
allow themselves to go into that place of crazy idea, whether it's mining asteroids, you know, extending human lifespan or going up against Starbucks and reinventing the entire mindset around food. It is insane. The, the, so 100 million. The 10X, yeah, so where's the, the 10X goals there, it, it's a billion cups of Bulletproof coffee. And that our traffic now, uh, I, I would like our traffic to be 10 times what it is now because Bulletproof Radio is changing lives. Uh, so I've, I've really invested a huge amount in my content team in scientific research. Uh, we're funding some core research around water chemistry and ketones. But the, the big thing is, is literally 10 times more people getting access to the content and 10 times more people uh, using Bulletproof Coffee, which I, I know what it does biochemically. I, I know the change that it can have on uh, degenerative rates of everything you can think of. Uh, so that, that's on the food side. Uh, but one of the things that you do and one of the things that I learned uh, from you, it, it, and to some extent, you know, Tony Robbins has, has talked a lot about this as well, uh, you know, how you can, you, with the right teams, you can, you can have a bigger impact. The other thing that, that is massively important to me and, and something that's becoming more and more of an issue is that we have a problem with toxic mold in the world. And it is- A, good, a it, it dear is, friend of mine today- has just discovered that what has been destroying his life is toxic mold, right? He's been yeah. in and out of MRIs. He's been in brain fog. He's been, and I need to, he, anyway, I, I, tell me so I can share this with him. So, so I, I did a documentary a couple of years ago called Moldy, and I interviewed guys, you know, like Daniel Amen and Mark Hyman. Uh, and Mark's talked about toxic mold, his experience. And Daniel Amen is, is like, you know, Dave, your brain looked like you lived under uh, under a bridge taking street drugs because you had chemical poisoning from mold in your bedroom. Uh, and I'm like, okay, so, so this matters. So solving the world's toxic mold problem is what uh, one of my portfolio companies called Homebiotic is all about. And we're starting out with a, a probiotic spray that you spray around your environment that eats mold and mycotoxins as a fuel source. So the idea is if if you have a competitive environment then you don't get a blossoming of the toxic thing. So yeah, I missed my house once a week, I walk around with a little sprayer. And this is the sort of thing that is required for space travel, Peter. If you get a toxic mold aspergillus thing going on in a spaceship, you know how long, they're not even gonna make it in order to, to Mars if they're all being poisoned along the way because space travel is tough enough on the human body. And this is also incredibly important for agriculture, for developing nations. And we've got the ability to, to change it by preventing the problem in the first yep. place. So, so that's that company's moonshot. It's literally to solve the world's toxic mold And is problem. the company and, available yeah. today? Is the product out there yeah, today? The, the product is shipping. Yeah, just, just started shipping. All right, I, I we, will we Google it early, and send it to my friend immediately. Yeah, it, it's 29 bucks. It's not I, an expensive I will thing. buy it and send it to my friend immediately. <laughs> nice. And, and this is the second gen of the product. The first gen smelled like cookies and was not perfect. But this one is, we, we just dialed and it. And by the way, so, is your docu but, is a documentary available if I Google for it? Yeah, moldymovie.com. And uh, I'm, I'm actually working on getting distribution for that because it's, you know, I, I spent a lot of money out of pocket and six weeks filming. It's got a custom soundtrack from the guy uh, Eric Troyer from Electric Light Orchestra. Like it, it's a real documentary. And the idea is a dozen people, including physicians who were just decimated by toxic mold, and a dozen top doctors who are working in the field saying this problem exists and it's real. Is it M O L M O L D Y or I E? M O L D Y. Okay. I'm, I'm texting movie. my friend right now. Nice. It, it's an hour of time that everyone listening to this either is being affected or has a friend who is. Yeah. And it's, it's such a big thing. 
And if we're going to live to 200 years old, you do not want to live in a house with this going yeah. on. So, so that's, and that's just a personal thing. I, I grew up in a basement with toxic mold. One of the reasons I weigh 300 pounds is this stuff damages your mitochondria. And the other one is, uh, is a company called True Dark, and I'm wearing one of their products, the glasses right now. And we have a junk light problem where light is a signal to our biology. And by filtering out certain light frequencies, especially before bed, you can radically improve the restorative value of sleep and you can cause your mitochondria to all work together at the same time. So recognizing that, that the light we put into our bodies is as important as the food we put into our bodies is a big thing. And this is a company that I started uh, last year that's now, it's already doubled my deep sleep. So uh, our, which is kind of and, and it's so interesting, right? I I I wear the this aura ring. I don't know. Yeah, okay, fantastic. And are you actually? <laughs> we both are. So are you actually measuring your deep sleep, yeah. and it's affecting your your metrics, right? I've got you know. Oh, absolutely. So I've got my. I, I also I don't get jet lag anymore at all, no matter where I go, and it's right, because so, light is a signal, and you can control light. So where do so, I so go to all this new science? Where do I go to order my pair? Because uh, I I was. Uh, it's. It's truedark.zone, and Peter, I'll just send you some, but truedark.zone, or uh, it just you can go for true dark glasses and you'll find them. Okay. And this, so basically, junk light, toxic mold, and then the other big moonshot I have is for 20 years, I've been doing neurofeedback for cognitive enhancement and first to fix my brain and then to go beyond. I opened uh, 40 years of Zen uh, a couple years ago now, and it's got now six different technologies, including custom hardware and software around cognitive enhancement. And I started out saying, all right, right, this this is to, to, to help world changers be more dialed in on their goals and to basically remove the bad programming that we all have so that you can think abundantly, so that you can do the things you want to do. But as I was sitting there last year at Abundance 360, kind of just doing the, the brainstorming part of the program, I was like, you know what? Screw that noise. Uh, that company's mission is to raise the average IQ on the planet by fifteen percent. And do people do absolutely... people realize how that would change the world <laughs> in such a big way? Oh my like, god! That means I've, I've got to get this into high schools oh. uh, rather than for executives the way it is right now. But I mean, I I, I do this, and, and it's changed my life. I mean, I was already I think pretty smart in the first place, but I'm better than I ever have been. And I'm, how, how does I'm it work? About to turn forty five. We use. Uh, the, the brain states of people who are very high performers, we get their brain waves. We're now putting it through machine learning, uh, which is just at the early stages there. But what we've done is we've looked at what advanced meditators from around the world do. We've looked at the brain patterns that are there. We, we do a quantitative EEG. We look at what's going on. 90% of people who come through the program have traumatic brain injuries from childhood they don't know about. Mm. And we're like, oh, look. So we spend three days showing you going through a, a it's like a personal development sort of thing where we show you the mental processes that you have that are not actually reflective of reality with a, what's basically acting as a lie detector for you and help you go through it and what happens is your alpha brain waves go up they cross over your theta brain waves and these changes they stick around we can measure people a year later and their brains work differently in the last two days we increase voltage in the brain using a different form of feedback and we do Another thing uh, where we can increase or decrease neuron firing speed between areas it's called Broadman's foci. And what's going on here is people walk out, they're going, wow, I got out of my own way. And the voice in my head shut up. Mm. And those in and of themselves will raise your IQ just because the self-sabotage goes away. And, and, and along uh, the and way- And where, yeah. where does this happen? Where do I go? And how much does it cost? It, 
it's in Seattle and it's $15,000 right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a five day intensive, like 10 hour day program. Uh, the, the head neuroscientist is a former nuclear submarine engineer who also wanted to go to Mars. That was why he got the education he got. And I know three people on the planet who are doing applied neuroscience for high performance versus for basically brain damage. And uh, this is the stuff I do you know, myself. I spent four months of my life with this stuck to the head. We're doing pulsed electromagnets, electrical stimulation, several different kinds of neurofeedback with a facilitator. Uh, um, there's IV nutrients, there's a chef on site, there's mitochondrial enhancement the whole way, because you can't even do this kind of training with normal uh, metabolic rates. So it's like everything I know how to do all at once in five days. Beautiful. Uh, I wanted it for me. And when I started, I'm like, if this will at least self-fund its own R&D, I can continue my path and I can help a few hundred people who are going to help millions of people. But because of what you made me do, <laughs> um, was like, you know, I, I already wanted this. If I'd had this in high school, I mean, my whole life would have been very different and uh, even better than it already is. And I, I just, I look at the amount of crap that people carry around with them. And I think it's unnecessary. And if we're going to all live to 700 years, maybe we ought to do it with the right programming and with brains that work better. And, and so these are my big moonshots. So those, are, I love, those are the big ones. I love but, it, pal. But thank you, Peter. I, I would not be thinking this way if I hadn't <laughs> sat there in a community with a couple of other people who think at least as big as me and with you standing up there going, like, what the hell are you thinking? I'm like, God, I'm still thinking too small. I thought I was thinking big. Um, so that, that's why I wanted you on the show, just because, A, to say thanks, and, and also to offer that, that scholarship for listeners because uh, you, don't, you don't have to go um, there to uh, the Beverly Wilshire and, and go to the whole conference to get the knowledge and also the thinking and the community, uh, which is, is really up-leveled me in, in, in a way that's, I mean, I think people listening know that I'm just being really sincere about this. Like, I, I, you know, I, I just bring the stuff that works. And, and one of the things that works most of all is surrounding yourself with people who just look at you and go, seriously, is that all you've got? <laughs> no matter how much you have, you, you need more of that in your life. And, and you serve that role for me. And uh, I'm, I'm truly grateful for that. Thank you, pal. Thank you. Listen, I, uh, would you mind, sh- I'm asking a number of A360 members to get on stage and share their moonshots this year. So if you don't mind, I'd love to have you. Uh, 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 it, to, it'd be a great honor. I, I, anything I could do to support what you're doing, I, I'm, I'm a true fan. Thank you, pal. Thank you. It's, you know, uh, the ability for us to increase our our mental capacity and ability and our energy um, every few points just transforms the world, right? It's I, I think at the end of the day that's where we're heading. These devices we carry around with us are mind extenders uh, to enable us to remember far more, but our processing yeah. power. You know, there is a variant of this that you know Ray Kurzweil talks about, which is uh, connecting our our brain to the cloud, uh, which he predicts mm-hmm. will occur within the next 20 years and increase your memory and your, and, you know, your cognitive processes millions of fold. But until then, um, I think what you're doing is like the most important thing you can do. I, um, I, I, I fundamentally believe that before you uh, before you replace your hardware, you should make full use of the hardware you've got. <laughs> and, and I think we've got a lot of room there. In fact, uh, I, I believe we're already to some extent more connected than we think we are. Um, I'm talking things like heart rate variability and the ability to feel inspired when your room with someone inspirational. It's more than just words that does that. There's something about who we are. Uh, and, and we're starting to see this when you, you take big data and you apply it to large swaths of population. You do social graphs and things like that. So, so I want to fully exploit our power to show up and support other people with the hardware we've got 
as we're developing even better hardware in the future. Yeah, it's, um, it. Tr- I mean, I, I hope everybody gets that this is truly the most exciting time ever to be alive, <laughs> Yeah. right? These are the kinds, of, the kinds of conversations that we just had in this last 45 minutes of going from mining asteroids, extending the human lifespan to increasing brain functionality. Uh, I mean, it's insane, it's crazy, but it's real. And it's the kind of world I wanna bring my children up in. It's the kind of world I wanna create. And it's a world where, we're not talking about a world of luxury. We're talking about a world of possibility for people, and, and it's amazing. Yeah. And you talked about it, the the first uh, the first part of this two part series. You talked about how you kind of got inspired by the Apollo program and Star Trek. Yeah. And you're a little older than I am, although of course you don't look it right. <laughs> uh, but uh, the it, in my generation, it was it was all about. Certainly, I watched Star Trek uh, incessantly, but there was also uh, like the cyberpunk genre came out. And, and I think reading science fiction is one of the most important things you can do, especially as a kid, to just dream like, oh my God. And, and so I, I was a, a cyberpunk in, in the 90s and spent a lot of my, my career in computer security and all that sort of stuff. But some of the stuff that we're talking about right now is straight out of like Bruce Sterling and, and William Gibson novels that were written in the late 80s and early 90s. And they're all happening in our lifetime, yeah. <laughs> which is is astounding. So I would, I would offer to everyone listening uh, one of the things you can do to think bigger, even if it's not your favorite genre, is pick up a science fiction book, one with with one that's won awards, one that really has good thinking in it, and read that and just go, wait a minute, isn't some of this already happening? And what can I do to make it happen? And you realize it's not nearly as hard to do it now as it was 20 years ago because you can find any information you want at your fingertips, or because you can connect with someone else working on that problem in another country in about 10 minutes. Like it's completely ridiculous and amazing. It really is. I mean, I, I keep on reminding myself, there really are no actual limitations. It's really your 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 motivations, your what I call massively transformative purpose, your moonshot that allow, gives you a shining star to shoot for and allows you to block out the other noise and saying, I'm focused on this today. I'll Maybe tomorrow my moonshot will be that. But capital, knowledge, computational power, expertise, all of these things are in massively increasing supply. And it's really the, the, you know, the power of, of the human passion and commitment that enables us to do what were crazy things and are now today are brilliant things. I mean, for God's sakes, you know, Elon Musk is talking about taking us to Mars in the next five years. I mean, hello. And, you know, tunneling and, you know, <laughs> the the BFR, the big, you know, uh, friggin' rocket uh, taking you from New York to Sydney in 30 minutes. I mean, insane stuff. But so is being able to have a video conference call on your cell phone to anybody on the planet for free. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. It, it is absolutely insane. And you reminded me back in the days, the first BFR was Cisco's moonshot. It was called the, the big freaking router, uh, which was a router that was bigger to build the internet. And I guarantee you that our conversation right now is flowing over a BFR that was built with that vision 20 years ago. Like it, it's cool. These ideas keep coming around. And uh, man, I, I'm having so much fun. All right, we have about maybe six minutes left in this interview. And I promised people at the beginning that you were going to offer them a couple of things they can do oh, yes. to think bigger, right? Like without going to, uh, what is it? Uh, bulletproof abundance or uh, abundant? No, bu- yeah, bu- abundant. Bu- bulletproofabundance.com was the. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to go to bulletproofabundance.com. 
And uh, you don't have to drink Bulletproof coffee. You don't have to do anything. So, so free stuff they can do yeah. right now yeah. in order to have this abundant mindset uh, or just to think bigger yeah. than they are. So, what, what would you offer them? So uh, very importantly, um, you've got to tap in. To, in order for you to take, do anything big and bold and to go uh, to scale, uh, it's got to be driven by emotional energy. It just is. Doing anything big and hard is hard work. And you've got to have some kind of innate emotional energy that's going to drive you, that forces, that says, refuses to let you stop, right? I know that, uh, that for me, I, it was an 11-year startup to create the XPRIZE, right? From the time I announced it, the time it was finally one was 11 years, and it died a 1,000 deaths along the way. Same thing for Zero Gravity Corporation, same thing for almost every organization I've, I've ever started, and so the question is, where do you get your MTP? Where do you get your most massively transformative purpose from? And what I tell people is I, there's two hacks that I use. Number one, go back to what, what inspired you as a child. What is it that got you, what you dreamed about as a kid? I don't care how crazy it is. At the end of the day, what was it that, and for me, that's the purest form, my dreaming of being a uh, an astronaut and being in space. That was my happy place. That was the kid's dream. And so, um, you know, that passion drove me. The second place is if I were to give you a billion dollars, and Dave, I hope uh, someday I can do that, but, you know, you may be ahead of the, <laughs> the curve there. But if I give you a billion dollars and say, listen, I want you to go and make the biggest impact on the planet with this billion dollars, what would you do with it? Where would you invest it? What problems would you solve with it, right? So these are two emotional hacks that are meant to go and help you root yourself in your massively transformative purpose. Uh, there's a third one, which is what is the group that you want to most be the hero to, right? If there's a group out there that you, if you could pick one group in the world to say, I really want I would love for them to see me as an inspiration, as a hero. For me, it's entrepreneurs who want to go go big. That's who I care about and want to support them and inspire them. Um, who is that? What is that community? And then what do they what do they need? So at the end of the day, these three things are meant to connect with that emotional energy. Once you have your massively transformative purpose, um, either as a company or as an individual. Then the question is, what is your moonshot within that purpose? What is a problem that is 10 times bigger than the challenge you're doing right now? Um, is there a, a, a crazy way you could imagine? So, for example, I was focused on private space flight, zero G, space adventures, uh, through the SpaceX, uh, through uh, XPRIZE, Virgin Galactic, on trying to open up space. And then I realized that, you know, even the marketplace for these businesses was in the $100 million level. It wasn't $100 billion level. And so what was it going to get bigger? And I said, you know, the only thing that's driven humanity to explore more frontiers is resources. The Silk Road, the American settlers coming from Europe, uh, the American settlers going to the West Coast. And so could we get access to the resources of space? That was a moonshot worth going after. And it was at least 10 times bigger than what I was doing previously. So find your massively transformative purpose. And within that purpose, what's a big, bold 10x idea that you can get excited about? And then, and then give up what you know about what's, how, why it can't happen, why it's a crazy idea, and start dreaming about 
How could it happen? What are the crazy things I could do that would let go of the past and start with a clean sheet of paper? Because that's what a moonshot is. A moonshot is starting with a clean sheet of paper and reinventing how you do it. Those are beautiful pieces of advice. And uh, if you're listening to this and this gets you as excited as it gets me, uh, do these things. I, I mean, there are things you can do. Read more, uh, think bigger. Uh, if you want to get started somewhere, I, I don't know which of your books is more inspiring. Bold and Abundance are both. Bold is why and how you should go big. And Abundance is like the world is actually amazing right now, despite what you might hear on the news. And, uh, and those are... Those are like core books people ought to read. Yeah, let me give uh, folks uh, two science fiction trilogies that I love. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and these were trilogies that once I started reading them, I was so pissed I was going to have to end reading them. <laughs> they were so good. <laughs> uh, so the first is a book called Nexus by Ramez Nam. Do you know, have you read Nexus? I have a long time ago. So it's a trilogy and I I love it. It's, a, it's really a book that's down sort of the brain capacity, connecting your brain with the, uh, with the, with the net. Um, and the second is a, a, a trilogy uh, called the Bobiverse. Uh, uh, and it's a, uh, it's, it's a book by Dennis Taylor. And uh, it's, uh, let's see, the first of these books is um, uh, We Are Legion uh, and We Are Bob. And it's the story of a, a man who uploads his brain uh, when he dies, he's having his body frozen and his brain gets uploaded and then gets uh, gets cloned and put into spaceships that are are actually going and colonizing the universe. The best science fiction trilogy I've ever read. Uh, we are Legion. We are Bob. Enjoy it if you read it. I mean, I, I've read both of those on Audible and I literally stopped doing my work to listen to these books. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I did not know about that second one. I will go listen to it right now. We are Legion. And beautiful. Well, thanks, Peter, as always, for your work. Thanks for being on Bulletproof Radio. My pleasure, pal. Uh, um, if, if you guys like the show, uh, you know what to do. Uh, leave a good review for it because Peter will see it. I'll see it. And it's a good thing. And as far as I know, I'm the only person offering this scholarship kind of out of my own pocket. You for are. Peter's program. You are. Uh, and it's because it matters. So if, if you're an entrepreneur and, and you just want to be inspired or you want to be an entrepreneur, uh, not because you think it's going to make you cool, but because you think that you can do something meaningful. Um, it's I don't know how to make it easier for you, but you should go to that uh, bulletproofabundance.com and like take advantage of it. I I am not going to promise that it's always going to be available. When the show goes live, we'll probably have it up for, I'm guessing, a week or something, just uh, out of respect for the rest of your program and all that stuff, Peter. So when you're listening to this, hopefully you're listening near when it's released. And if the offer is expired, it may expire at whatever point it's going to expire, just to be really clear about that, because we're making it up as we go. I wasn't sure I'd <laughs> even be allowed be allowed to offer it here like I did at the conference. Well, I, I so. love the Bulletproof community. And, um, and at the end of the day, uh, part of what the Abundance Digital community is about is a community. It's a place where you're going to find people like Dave, like me, who uh, want to create a much better abundant world and have, are exponential thinkers and want to find juicy problems to solve them, to create wealth for themselves, but to make the world better at the same time. Because you don't have to choose. You can do both, as Bulletproof shows us. <laughs> uh, well, th thanks, Peter. And, and yeah, that point is, is just so important. You know, it, it, it's okay to have the means to change the world. <laughs> like, it, it's just okay. 
On that note, thanks again, and I will see all of you on the next episode. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.